gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome everybody to this episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. My name is Sarah Grieve and this week we are discussing those times that you see a wrestler in a film or a TV show and now I know I'm not the only one that's gotten excited about this. We are talking about wrestlers in mainstream media. Oh, yay! Woo-hoo. Yes! <laughs> now, just a little bit of housekeeping before I introduce my very great panel that I've got in store for you today. Stretch. <laughs> Make sure you're subscribed to us. We are on iTunes, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. Make sure you follow us on our social media pages. We are at Suplex Retweet on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can catch us live tweeting. God knows everything, actually, <laughs> funny enough. <laughs> Now, make sure you're also subscribed to our weekly newsletter. This comes out on a Friday. I'm pretty sure we'll post a link for you once again. And we have got our spanking new website, which is getting updated every single time. (laughs) 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 Of all the nice words you have to say, spanking. (laughs) I was not not commissioned by Stephen Wilson to say that we've got a brand new spanking website. (laughs) He is constantly updating all the time. (laughs) But now, let me introduce my panel to you now. First up. If you were to describe this man as a cinema snack, it would be salted popcorn. Plain, incredibly overpriced, and leaves a horrible taste in your mouth. It is David Campbell. Wow! <laughs> I think that she forgot to mention the interim general manager of the sweepstakes of ESSR. I am now in a position, thank you Stacey, in a position of power. And I, my first act, caramel macchiatos for everyone. Yay! David, how are you today? Oh, I'm absolutely dandy. Uh, <laughs> we're in the end game, Sarah. We're in the end game. The end game is tonight, and I cannot wait to have some salted what is it? Uh, salted <laughs> caramel popcorn or just something. Salt, just salted popcorn. Oh, just salted popcorn. Nothing oh. exciting about it. I would be salty about it, Sarah. <laughs> yes, here we go. <laughs> now, some may say that the aftermath of the Infinity War was such a horrific scene, but to this woman, it was just another Tuesday in Airdrie. Stacey Smith. <laughs> Getting dusted. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. <laughs> How are you, Stacey? I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Have you? You managed to survive the sticks of Airdrie to get here today. Only just. <laughs> Only just. <laughs> Next up, this man's hero plays a tooth fairy but his voice is enough to give you a toothache. It's Ross McLeod. <laughs> yes, that means a lot coming from ESSR's version of Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter. <laughs> Why are you talking about yourself? <laughs> I'd like to note that my appearance on this show today is brought to you by Jimmy Wang Yang Hall of Fame Campaign 2020. Oh, we got Billy Gunn in. Jimmy Wang Yang is next. Party bus for everyone. One of those things is not like the other, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, how are you today? I'm lovely. I've booked end game tickets. I've booked a holiday. I'm lovely. Ross has got his life together. Now finally, this man seems to think he is the human equivalent of the 100 emoji and that his dance skills is enough to make him president. But in reality, he is like the Fast and Furious franchise. At first you enjoy it, maybe you like it a little while, but then it's just there you've kind of stopped getting excited about it. And that is reason number 102 of why KOE will not shake his hand. 
It is quacky, Aji. No, thank you for that. That's actually quite good, that one actually. Yeah, I think I'll watch all eight Fast and Furious when I get home, you know, after that. So, yeah. They're, be- they're best enjoy drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like quacky. Oh. And of course, David Cavill's got to upstage my intros. Thank you. <laughs> you know the same whole thing? I'm, I'm saying nothing because he is absolutely right. <laughs> right, so that is my panel that I have got for this week's show. Now, it is, re- it is wrestlers in mainstream media, so that time that you see a wrestler in a film or a TV show. Guys, I'm not the only one. Have you gotten excited seeing a wrestler in a film or a TV show? Yes. Yes. I always seem to get asked in work because I'm known as a wrestling fan. Did you see did it in the telly last night? Like, no, what? I don't just sit and wait for wrestling <laughs> to appear on my screen. I don't remember seeing did it on the Shut IMDb. it. I know who's did it when they were home. I can't swear because Stephen wants it now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it was when you were younger. Like even I was wee, like and I'd just be watching the Disney Channel when I came back from school. And you think the wrestling and like TV and they're just two entirely different things. You'll never see anyone or either of them. And then like The Rock shows up in Hattie Montana, and you're like, no, oh, wait. Yeah. And you get the best of both worlds. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> well, see, speaking of that, like, it's basically two things a wrestler needs. <laughs> two things a wrestler needs is physicality and charisma. So it is no surprise that many of them actually end up on, like, the, the, the silver screen, we'll call it. It's the silver screen. But, you know, that obviously it's an art form of wrestling and acting. There's one thing of trying to please thousands of fans at one time, and then different side you're pleasing or trying to please millions of people in different takes so we'll start off we're talking about just WWE studios versus indie productions basically not even indie it's like just mainstream productions so David I'll start with you so contrasting the the differences between WWE studios and indie promotions it's like night and day sometimes isn't it it is the one good thing that WWE studios have over other smaller studios is they've got a built in marketing campaign behind them which is also a good way to go because it's hard to differentiate when you look at a WWE movie is this the movie for the sake of telling the story you want to tell or is this a movie that's meant to like raise the stakes of The Miz for example as it uses an advertising tool for their wrestlers so it's difficult to compare it to that way because when you have Hollywood movies now there's no actor that's bigger than a franchise you could argue that The Rock who we'll touch on later is the only sort of megastar nowadays who you would actually go out to pay to see so the movies and franchises stand alone on name value and story however with WWE Studios productions the stories can't stand alone they are uh, they are hooked on uh, and they are at the mercy of the fact that they're being sold around these WWE superstars so I think that's the key difference for me yeah absolutely uh, David's just touched on it just now Ross but casting how it's like night and day as well isn't it yeah it's not who's right for the part it's what wrestler do we have this markable it doesn't matter like Ted DiBiase is a, a good looking well built young guy but he had no charisma and they put him in a marine film and it was just a case of that it was the guy they wanted to push they didn't want to push Cody Rhodes and it's just such a such a bland casting choice yeah. I, like as David said earlier it's driven on the name value of the wrestler it's not like the 90s anymore when the name value of like The Rock Stone Cold and Triple H transcended wrestling it was pop culture nowadays wrestling's a bit more low-key mm-hmm. and it's it's just no, it's why the studio's not a success 
That's absolutely right. Stacey, you know, we're talking about like distribution and publicity being another thing. You've got indie from like indie film production companies that have actually under the flagship of WWE as well, because I remember it's like something some to do with Bruce Lee, one of his films. Mm-hmm. And it's actually WWE Studios, but it's nothing to do with WWE. There's no wrestlers in it whatsoever. Yeah. So what can you say in like the sort of differences between like the distribution? Because a lot of WWE films are straight to video, straight to DVD. Yeah, um like when looking when I was looking up like different T V programmes and movies and stuff that wrestlers were in, uh, what I've noticed is that I hadn't really seen like much, if any, promotion like promotions things for like the films that's just like all wrestlers, you know, mm-hmm. like um like the Marine franchise. franchise. Yeah. I'll talk about that more later on. <laughs> but um yeah, it's just in I think it's I think other promotions, like other studios, they feel the need to actually promote things more to get people in to see it, things like that. WWE kind of know that they've already got like a market there, mm-hmm. if you know, to go and watch it. Because, like, it's, say if it goes straight to video or DVD mm-hmm. now, it's all is it also on the network? As well? No. no. It's not, but that, no. I think that'd be a really good idea. There's a yeah, definite market for that. Then. Yeah. Oh. I just think that I don't have, because I don't have the network, so I wasn't sure if it was, if it did go straight onto the network. Especially as, like, Vince McMahon produced the first movie. So. <laughs> very, very true. I will say that it's similar to what Stacey points out. Like, we've noticed, especially at Easter time, like, religious movies do really well because mm-hmm. they have a small built-in fan base who they know are going to go out yeah. and see it and it's similar to these WWE movies they're hardcore wrestling fans they know will go out and see these films yeah. or buy them on DVD because they'll do it because the WWE name is attached to it so it's yeah. not necessarily like they're wanting to break into that mainstream film market I will say there have been movies that have sort of surpassed that in the past I think that See No Evil was the the sort of cornerstone of the studio that I can mm-hmm. remember actually doing business outside of the sort of WWE bubble you know it didn't lead to Kane becoming a megastar or anything but because it was a horror movie there was it, people were more inclined to see a sort of smaller budget ho- horror than they are like the Marine which is essentially will move from like the same sort of there was one called Close Quarters mm-hmm. and it was basically an excuse for them to like put it all in the one building to save <laughs> money in the budget you know so people excuse that with horror more than they will with like, action so I think that's what mm-hmm they should maybe be a bit more picky about the genres that they sort of dive into with these films because I think horror would be the way you go for me personally. I mean, absolutely. Because yeah. um, see, when you're looking at it, horror, absolutely brilliant. And then you, I think there's something shy touch on comedy you're like, it's not going to work. They try to turn Triple H into a comedy star. The chaperone man. <laughs> try to make him, basically that was a rip-off of The Pacifier though, do you remember that Vin Diesel oh, movie? Yeah. I loved that movie. Day. I loved it back in the day, the Peter Panda dance, still one of my favourite <laughs> songs from a feature film, but The Chaperone was just not that. <laughs> See, the room about the time they started putting him in comedies though, Triple H. This was at the time The Rock was doing kid-friendly comedies, and they try to emulate that because on The Rock's name they did money, but they didn't get good reviews. And they didn't realise that behind the scenes, Rock was transitioning from that sort of family friendly to the hulking action star that's the biggest box office star now. They just thought, oh, The Rock's actually doing quite well. They didn't look at reviews, they looked at money and tried to turn Triple H into a comedy star. Something they've done like the entire time Triple H was there, which is like, try to force him above The Rock or try to just push him as something he isn't. 
and it just didn't work. And now, like they've got they've got this bad name attached to WWE Studios. Like even the wrestlers openly mock it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've seen several promos like, "Oh, you did like a WWE Studios movie." Triple H made fun of the chaperone like once upon a time when he was in it. You know, he made so fun of like, the Miz as well. He, yeah, he said, uh, "I'll end you straight to DVD career quicker than you can blink." Aye, so it's almost like they're in on the joke now. So mm-hmm. they can't take the studio, the WWE studio, seriously. I think the only way they can save it, Sarah, is by doing what you sort of touched on: uh, is go off of the wrestlers in these movies purely to try and raise their stock. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get any sort of more independent, like, but that was more seven pounds productions that did that. So yeah, I think it's also just more the talent mm-hmm. as well because I don't think Selena Vega probably would have been involved if she hadn't been signed with the WWE. Yeah, so that argument there. Haven't said that. Who was the? Who was it that played um, Paige's stunt double in that scene? I don't think she Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard was she signed with WWE at the point of filming? No, no, she hadn't. No. Like I know that she was featured in the Mae Young Classic around about that time, but I think it was the year before. She still, she still is uh, like Impact. Yeah, she's still with Impact. Yeah, hell of a wrestler, Tessa Blanchard. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Next week's show, Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> she's got a match with Gail Kim coming up, doesn't she? Yes, but we'll, we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> on next week's Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> but I, I, something that Stacey also touched on is miss, the missing a gap in that market of having their own films on the network even if you pay an extra pound a month to get access to all these films like I know they kind of got to compete with places like Netflix but Netflix aren't really going to buy the rights to a WWE film are they? No. They had a couple of them and they had a couple of pay-per-views on Netflix. Mm-hmm. This is still in the network era but then WWE would just went sort of HBO style and just went nope everything on mm. everything everything must be mine like, everything must be separated I disagree with the fact if I was WWE I would not be charging people an extra pound mm. to see it because you're living in an age where we've got so much content and we're getting into a new sort of HBO era where people are having to pay for streaming services like they used to play for pardon the pun Quacko cable packages back in the day (laughs) (laughs) so for WWE to compete like yes they've got a built an audience that are going to pay for the pay-per-views but if you try to increase your price to compete as a streaming service with films from WWE Studios that is not enough content for you to survive in a world where you've got sharks like Netflix, <laughs> Apple and Disney Apple. swimming around you. And uh, Amazon as well. Amazon as well, yeah. <laughs> but it's a very difficult market to break into. I think if you did want to put it in the network, that's a wee extra bonus to the network, but definitely keep it at the same price. I mean, that, well, yeah, absolutely, because you've got everything on the network. It's like everything you could possibly think of for nine ninety nine a month. Exactly. Ten ninety nine does have the same rig as nine ninety nine. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> Seventeen pounds. <laughs> Especially after them pushing it, it's like you've got this for nine ninety nine. Like, yeah. Thank you, Michael. Fourteen dollars Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we'll we'll move on from talking about like WWE studios versus uh, mainstream and indie film production, and we'll talk about the wrestlers actually transitioning from WWE to the mainstream market. So. For example, you've had Stone Cold Steve Austin attempt it. Mm-hmm. You've had The Rock be successful. You've had John Cena. You've had The Miz. To name another couple of people, you've got Edge and you've got Cody Rhodes, Goldberg as well. So the great Kelly, <laughs> Oscar winner. <laughs> he was great. Oh. Wait, was Andre the Giant the one as well? Yes, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Pretty sure he was in Conan as well. Was it not? I hadn't seen Conan. Don't know. Pretty sure it was in it. Anyway, um, so we'll, t- we'll talk about like the sort of impacts of what can happen. So, Ross, I'll start with you because 
the transition from WWE to the mainstream market has in one way affected your all time hero, The Rock, and kind of made him a part timer. So what's so your don't. View? <laughs> <laughs> what's your views on it though? Well, it stops the wrestler going stale because The Rock left something that Ricky Gervais always touches upon when he cancels a show. He he cancels it like three or four seasons in. Mm-hmm. Leaves them wanting more before it gets stale and boring. Rock had done everything. The crowd was starting to mildly turn on him at the end of 2002. And he left with them wanting more. You know, for seven years we were like, when's the Rock coming back? When's the Rock coming back? When's the Rock coming back? There's still a buzz around about WrestleMania time. Is the Rock going to be there? Is the Rock going to be there? Even when he comes out of a flame floor. Even when he comes Especially out with a chainsaw. Don't, chainsaw. don't make him bring back the 10 point. But when he comes out with a chainsaw next year, Quacku, <laughs> and me and David have vindication. And that would just be wonderful. <laughs> no, but it stops It stops the wrestler going stale for the simple... It's. It takes them away before they can get boring. Mm-hmm. And then when they come back, it's a case of... It's a once in a while deal, so it becomes a big deal. It becomes a big deal for the product it becomes a big deal for the fans, it becomes a big deal for ratings and all that. So I think that is a pro, however, I'd put a con would be misreading the fans' excitement. Oh, They're yeah. excited to see The Rock and see Goldberg and see Batista, but it doesn't mean throw the title on them straight away. Mm. And they actually they did this with Hulk Hogan in 2002 as well. Hogan's back, Hogan's put the title on him. Four weeks later they realised... Yeah, that, that's not what they wanted. We put, it on the under- that. put it on the Undertaker. Put it on the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. It, so as it it's hard for the, it's good because stops the rest of going stale, but also puts WWE in a tricky position mm-hmm. because it's like, do we bring these back and just have you fight nobody? Like, no, let's put the title on you. Oh crap! No, we can't put the title on you. So I, part timing has its ups and downs. Yeah, I mean another good example that I found was I was researching TV shows. Mm. Now this came around about the time that Edge was forced to retire with his broken neck. And it became a, re- a series regular in Haven. Stacey, see, when it comes to stuff like that, I mean, Edge has mentioned in an interview that the transition to film and TV actually helped him come to terms with the fact that he got forced to retire. So what would, what would be your idea about that? Well, it's good that... Um, it's going to seem quite bad, but it's good that he actually did have something to move on to rather than just be like, oh, I can't wrestle anymore. No, that's fair enough. That's... That's me, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. No, I mean it's good thing. It's good that they're able to transition onto like other areas, like into acting and things like that as well. Um, because if they're that good at like doing their character and things like that in wrestling as well, then it shows that obviously they've got a good to some to to some extent a good acting ability. Yeah. So. Yeah, so they get to show off more of their acting. David, what have you thought about the two points that have been made so far? I'm thinking that we're touching on like very different people here because we're talking about like Edge, who was sort of forced into retirement, so acting was a career that he sort of found to cope with that. We'll hit someone like The Rock for him. It was almost like he used WWE as a sort of stepping stone to get to that next place, and that's not a criticism of him or a knock on wrestling, but that seems to be what The Rock's career path was. And it's very, it's when you look at these guys, it's interesting because I like to think of wrestling as a sort of theatre 
and you'd ask theatre actors who are trying to make the transition to screen acting as well it's actually very difficult because if you're performing in front of a large crowd in a wrestling ring it's all about your physicality it's all about being larger than life there's a reason that wrestling gimmicks like are sort of like so loud and bold and brash and abrasive and in your face is because that's what sells when you're in front of an arena in front of 20,000 people however as soon as you get in front of the camera and it was Batista who gave an interview about this as well about his transition into it and for me he's been the most successful into adopting a sort a typical acting stance uh, for the screen is it's all about your facial expression it's all about the subtle things it's all about the things you don't do you know what I mean so that's why I think that not every wrestler could do what Edge does yeah. I think the fact that Edge had to retire and then go into acting mm-hmm. is a testament to his talent and his ability to pick it up quickly rather than oh he just got it in name value because not every wrestler can do it no see I think what you said as well about gimmicks being larger than life you notice that see when certain wrestlers go on talk shows it's kind of cringy. Mm. Like, you look back at, like, the early 90s and it's Rick Rude, like, strutting uh, on, like, Kathy Lee and Hoda, yeah. or Undertaker on Regis Philbin, or Undertaker chasing Ant and Dec. <laughs> that's an actual thing. What? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link later. <laughs> right. well, that's the, that was the, the Jerry or Andy Kaufman shoot was built on, wasn't yeah, it? Like, it? It was like, oh, you're just a dumb wrestler, you're not you're not anything of, like, acting, but, but sometimes it just doesn't work yeah. like someone like I don't think Velveteen Dream would work as a film star I, I'd be curious because Velveteen That's there's curious. more subtlety to his character than mm-hmm. maybe first appears and there's a lot of thought that goes you into it you can base it. an actual t- like, film character off of his I think, oh, no, character no, no. I think there's two differences and this isn't once again Ross before mm. you attack me across the room that's not a rock <laughs> knocking the rock right here right but Batista said it best The Rock and John Cena are action stars mm-hmm. Dave Batista is an actor. Yeah. There's a difference between the two because the action stars are more sort of using the skills that they've built from professional wrestling with Batista and some of the stuff we'll talk about him later, he's using something completely different that you wouldn't have seen from Batista on screen. Yeah, oh, yeah. WWE Raw, you know. Quacker, what are your thoughts? Well, it's, it's a thing that... Okay, I'll take one example, John Cena. For a long while, everyone's saying John Cena sucks to the point that See, whenever I listen to his music, and it's just his music play, I still hear in my head, John Cena sucks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've done that, like, see, with um, when um, WWE went to the Middle East to do their um, their money show, um, I don't yeah. know what you call it. Um, they can't I call it fake pay-per-views with Ross and Gary. <laughs> I mean, I was still seeing it in my head. And then now it comes to this year, fast forward this year, everyone said there's... Uh, there's second John Cena and everything now this year they are screaming for him to face Kurt Angle when he comes out as a thugonomics everyone's screaming like mad like little kids there you go he's an interesting one though when we talk about the transition from WWE and we talked about someone who was sort of doing it when they're in WWE and someone who left to do it Mm -hmm. John Cena's very curious because for a long time he tried to do both have his cake and eat it too and it was like I think maybe a year ago he sort of maybe came to the decision that no I need to leave WWE behind if I'm going to try and make mm-hmm. it seriously as an actor and you look at the opportunities he's had since that though like he had Rowan Bumblebee one of the Paramount's biggest franchise the Transformers mm-hmm. he's been, we've discussed he's been rumoured for Suicide Squad too. Yeah. so maybe you do is it? Do you think it's best to cut ties with WWE mm-hmm. completely to try and make it in the world of Hollywood, 
Or do you think you can have your foot in both doors? Or I don't know. Maybe that was Austin's problem as well. Maybe. I mean, I do, I do think that was maybe the problem with Stone Cold Steve Austin, that the fact that he never managed to make it. But he ended up making his own TV show. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got the Broken Skull Ranch now. But so. Condemned's a great movie. In Broken Skull Ranch, he's playing Stone Cold. Like, he, like doing the it's time. It's like he never left yeah. behind. Yeah, and Austin's a great leading man for a wrestling company but he's not a Hollywood leading man because the reason his gimmick worked was because it was at the height of the 90s where everyone was angry and he was the every man who got to kick the, his boss Yeah. whereas I don't think that would work now and I don't think it's Roman Reigns for example and I don't think it works as a film star because he's not actually that charismatic in my opinion he's subtle and he's just chaotic Whereas you've got people like The Rock and Batista who are charismatic. <laughs> Does a decent job in supporting roles though. Does our Austin, you know. <laughs> Does our Austin. I, I don't <laughs> know if you like, I am not a fan at any means of The Grown Ups 2. Uh, I don't think it's a particularly good movie at all. Mm-hmm. But Stone Cold Steve Austin is in that. He's hilarious. He does a perfectly serviceable job mm-hmm. in the role. Uh, and I think that's what you're touching on there. When he just sort of tones it down mm-hmm. and doesn't try and do the like do you know the reason his neck got injured by the way is because he kept doing that for like oh, for years you know what I mean you try to do that it's so uncomfortable he's like waving it in your face that just hurts you know what I mean anyway I'm going off topic there so I just tried doing an interior version of him and I was like ow what I'll do is I'm going to quickly go around the panel and I'm going to give you like one just one wrestler and asking you when a new film comes out with him in it do you get excited so I'm not going to ask you about The Rock. Quacku! Yes. See if you find a film that's coming out that's featuring The Rock, how excited do you get? Pick me, pick me, not pick me. <laughs> not picking you. Um, see, to be honest with you, I'm more excited about if it's a comedy film or something, because I like I like to laugh, and that's why I'm... No, so. no way, shit the bed. Sorry, <laughs> I had to. Uh, so, to me, I mean, The Rock isn't the only f- guy that can be funny. So, yeah, of course, I'll be like, yeah, cool, it's a rock. But I won't be like the clown over there. Who, the, the mere mention of the rock, his, uh, his boxer shorts go wet a bit. It's got me cooking. Ross McLeod watched the Michael Bay movie and was highly disappointed there was no Dwayne Johnson. He's, he's probably the one guy out there that goes two feet and that was a blockbuster. <laughs> Just saying, Stephen Merchant on a Zamboni erasing everyone's memory. What's not to love for me? David Campbell, so see, a new films coming out with the Miz. Yeah. Mainstream, not WWE. So it's just the Benin then? Like, <laughs> no, it's the Miz it's mainstream, not WWE. Listen, if the Miz was to be in something like a major blockbuster and a supporting role, I would be all for it because for me, I think the Miz is the sort of guy who gives his all to a craft. He came into wrestling as a rookie and built his craft for years. He wasn't fussy about it. He did that with the Benin stuff. He's trying to build his craft as an action star. I think he's one of the people who could make that jump to screen acting proper in blockbusters because of his work ethic. So, yes, I'd always be happy to see the miss. Stacey, see if the Bella Twins were cast in a role. Oh, come on. <laughs> don't ask me about rock, but she gets Bellas. I don't even care if it was going to be the worst film ever made. I would still go and see it. <laughs> and it couldn't be any worse than Titanic 2, anyway. That's the second so, Titanic film. Oh, have you not heard me rant about this film? Another time, say another time, another time. One of the films that, that I watched. Does that mean that I heart watched, goes on? 
near far whenever you are again. <laughs> One of the films I watched the other night that I was messaging Sarah the entire time I was watching oh, it. Yeah, I just thought, I'm gonna love this film. Come I'm gonna love it. Then by the end we're like, that is on the same line as Titanic 2. Sorry, I'm sorry, wait. How, how can there be a Titanic 2? Because the ship's already sunk. A hundred year anniversary and the they the ocean. Make, uh, they built the Titanic 2 and they hit an iceberg, <laughs> but then global warming happens and all the icebergs melt within half an hour and the only way to stop it is to throw a bomb somewhere and that stops all the icebergs from melting. And it is the biggest waste of two hours of my life that I've ever had. And so I, but I watched it and then I just thought, I can't have been as bad as I thought it was the first time. Then I watched it again and then I realised, no, it's even worse the second time. So, do you remember I gave... But as soon as you I put gave, the Miz in that film, it <laughs> comes... Oh, the person that recommended it to me, I gave them a ride for it. Then someone recommended it? On the radio, they recommended it. Oh my it. god, how dare they? And then there'll be Titanic 3 where Vin Diesel and The Rock have got to get container <laughs> off, the, off the ship. You have to get the corpse of Jack from the bottom of the ocean. Titan- <laughs> Titanic third time's a charm. If I can give anyone any life advice, do not watch Titanic 2. And if, you do, one, and if you do, do not make the even worse mistake of thinking that it can't have been as bad as you thought it was and then watch it the second time. That's four hours of my life, I'm never getting back. Titanic wow. 4, room for two on the door. <laughs> no, as soon as I upset you, if you see The Rock that's coming out and it's got a film coming out, executive producer or if he's in it or if he's even doing a bit of both, what's your initial reaction? No, 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 no. <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it does depend. It's like I see some trailers and I go, oh, that actually looks quite good. And then you see, was it, no, Rampage? Rampage was the, <gasps> yeah. the gorilla. And you just think, Rampage the gorilla. That's a bit, that's a bit pish to him. Come on, son. <laughs> like, he's, he's such a guy that can pick, he's, like, he's, he's not auditioning for anything. Mm. He can pick and choose what he wants. Unless he goes for like a Tarantino or something like that, where it's like, we maybe want you to audition for this role. And if you want to hear me talk about the Rock and a Quentin Tarantino film, you can check out first time. For <laughs> uh, yeah, I get excited, but it just depends on the. I, I prefer him in comedies now because he is such a charismatic guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, everyone knows I get really excited about any wrestler in a film, so. I mean, I saw The Miz and Supernatural, I went, holy shit, I'm watching this episode. <laughs> and that, by that time I'd fallen away from watching Supernatural, but seeing The Miz was going to be in it, I went, no, nope, no, nope, I'm watching this. Yeah. Right, carrying on to like our next wee segment of the show. Now, I asked all my panellists to prepare some films that I gave them. So I gave them a list of films. Mm-hmm. David's looking at me like he's yeah. seen a ghost. I did give you them. Uh, so I asked my panellists to take the five films that I have assigned to them, not right. tell each other, but now they're going to describe the pot plot lines in a very, very bad manner. So hopefully the rest of the panelists can guess. <laughs> do we have to do them in the order that you gave them to us? Um, well, I've got I've got a list of them in front of me, so you can just pick pick one to start off with. Because I think my my first one I want to make my last one. Right. Okay. So Ross, I, I'll start off with one of yours. Sorry, I thought we were going to get we were to give these taglines to describe them badly, not guess them. But there's the plot lines. I, That's describe them badly. Before so I have four for the one film. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can guess one of them, then I'll give you the rest of them. Great Cali runs special effects budget blown. It's a uh, longest yard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I also put Steve Austin the race this years. 
<laughs> Kevin Nash delivers Oscar-worthy performance, tails quad, and, uh, and then just simply, Goldberg has a massive dick. Because yeah. that's literally his character progression. Yeah. <laughs> um, I put, fire my agent. We talked about this earlier. Is that me firing you? <laughs> also, to the listeners at home, if you want to try and guess this as well, please tweet us in at Suplex Retweet. Is it Tooth Fairy? Yes. Yeah, because he that fired his agent after that, didn't he? Fi- he fired his agent at the request of his ex-wife. Nice. And she went out. She, ba- she, basically said to- she basically said to him, I'll make you the biggest star in Hollywood. And she did it, so fair play to Danny Garcia. Um... I'm going to try, you try to get this because he'll get it in a heartbeat. What about me? I put the films you in front of me, Ross, at this point. I was. <laughs> I, was. <laughs> I gave you the films. It's like the free beers, oh, Stacey. Right. You have no chance that I have every chance. Sarah's probably the best bet for a fair contest. <laughs> Sarah gave him the five movies. I know the movies. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. Anyway, I put. <laughs> Imagine Ross on the chase. He was bad on Walsh. Do you know that? <laughs> I don't want you to ask this question. Bradley, <laughs> play the game. <laughs> <laughs> when he's just trying to laugh at Fanny Schmeler. Hey, Ross. Is that David's bud? <laughs> Carry on, Ross. Uh, Carry on. <laughs> a broke quaker. Carry on. Carry on. Uh, I put, so nothing really matters. I put sensitive ni- nipples. The prequel. <laughs> sensitive nipples, the prequel. <laughs> Anyway, my my one was sensitive nipples. The prequel. Is it Scorpion King? No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm lost. Actually, you lost. Oh wait, but lost. I think it's a Fast and Furious movie. No. Nope. Nope. Scorpion King. <laughs> I'm trying to think what prequels is The Rock done. No, 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 it's not a rock one. Oh. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Batista's Sensitive Nipples, the prequel. Ah, right, 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 right. <laughs> And then the, la- <laughs> the last two aren't very good. I just, I put, why wasn't Rhino cast to play Rhino? Oh, Amazing Spider-Man? No. No. Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Spider-Man. Oh. Snad Bano. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Bolt? No, it's a. Uh, do you want to guess? No. Do you not have a clue? No. Okay. <laughs> it was TMNT Into the Shadows, where Seamus was cast to play a rhino. Class. Oh, obviously. <laughs> you, have you not seen him? Uh, no. In Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I got annoyed because there was a movie called TMNT that came out like an animated one a few years before that I thought was actually quite decent and then they cancelled the sequel to that in favour of the make away one so I protested to boycott it though <laughs> in true David Campbell fashion I watched because Stephen Amell was on it and then Seamus popped up and I got quite excited oh, the other reason I watched it is because Stephen Amell was on it That's yeah. technically yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, this one's obvious I just put macho man jobs to Peter Parker at least it's not TNA oh that's Spider-Man yeah that's Spider-Man <laughs> that is Spider-Man yes <laughs> oh, uh, can I go uh, of course. Okay. So my first one is Tom Cruise's crotch. Oh, hey. oh, oh sorry. 
Oh, uh, that's right. Tom Cruise's sparkle crotch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock of Ages. <laughs> yeah, Ross Rock of Ages. Kevin Ash. Ross yeah. of Ages, is what I say. Or Kevin Ash plays uh, Tom Cruise's bodyguard. Yeah. And he got in a fight offset with a makeup lady over uh, a makeup wipe. Yeah. <laughs> My second one is uh, Macho Man Dies Again. Did you get Spider-Man too? <laughs> or was that a Fast and the Furious reference? <laughs> Macho Man Dies Again. Chris Jericho beats up old men. Um. Oh, is it Ready to Rumble? No, it's the wrestler. Is it? So Macho Man is basically based off of Ram a wee bit, and then Chris Jericho beats up old men when he was maybe oh, right, 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 right. So I think I'm doing quite well here. <laughs> <laughs> um, gangsters and an NWA tag team champion, oh. <laughs> the Godfather. <laughs> We talked about this one in the chat. Yeah. And I put in the Godfather and Ross was like, oh, who's a wrestler in the Godfather? I was like, well. How dare you? Let me tell you That's something. Larry. What was his name again? Larry. Oh, Larry. His name was Larry. He was a tag team champion. And he played Luca Brazzi in that movie. Um, my fourth one is a house. Uh, that's also a road. Roadhouse? Yes. <laughs> You can tell my palace did so much preparation. <laughs> I did preparation. <laughs> can I can I just say, and I will put the screenshot on my Twitter, because, and in fairness to me, I have done very well in this way before. Sarah went, make sure you prepare. I went, I tell you what, I've got a 40 minute bus journey. I'll do what I usually do, my preparation on the bus. Okay. Yeah, he did. I, I can't, I can't. And my last it, one though. is, it's a sequel, but it's not in the year 2050. <laughs> is it Blade Runner 2050? <laughs> Right, okay, well, you two were, well, you were alright, you were just, what the hell was that? You know, Tom Cruise is Sparkle Crutch. Out of, out of those ten films, I have seen one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what? why I made sure Sparkle that you had at least seen no. most of these films, or knew most of the films that I gave you. Yes. So, stay safe. Well, one of them I watched the other night, and... <laughs> yeah, oh. I remember your chat very vividly. Oh, God. Right. Right. So, who, so can, who can guess Stacey's films that I've given her? Right. Can we and Ross go up? Like, can we count points here? We're very competitive. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes can. If you want. Okay. They like running, and there is a boat with drugs. Boat with drugs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll Unless, you've seen the the <laughs> Unless you've seen the film, you're not going to know. They like running, and there's a boat. Yeah. And the boat has drugs on it. Yeah, yes. and they weren't invited to the boat. They were not invited. It wasn't like an Ibiza boat party or anything like that. No, no. 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 Wayne Lineker on tour. Well, there was a party on the boat. Remember, this is a film. This is a film starring a WWE wrestler. Yeah, is that and it's not that old. Is that a WWE film? One? No. no. And I, I, I went to the cinema to see this film. <laughs> Do you guys give up? Central no. Intelligence? No. 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 I will give you zero points each if you cannot get this. We can't get it. And can I just say, right, we'll uh, I was... I love how you said we can't get it. You had a guess. Shut <laughs> up. You can't get it. Right. I just have to say, I was really stuck on this one, so Sarah helped me with this one. Oh, right. There's a boat, there's drugs. They like the running. Boat. They, a boat they really like running. They really like running. Stay so they're not going to get it. That doesn't help me. <laughs> Right, but they're not running as fast. They say, they say, they just they, they stopped it. No, just no. Be what? Fast. Do you oh, all oh. oh, right. <laughs> I didn't see that piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, it's actually quite good. Oh, no, I, honestly, if you get nothing today, I'll have my cloak. It's quite good. Yeah, so that that it was Baywatch featuring yeah. The Rock. Some people stand in darkness. They say, my next one: a successful daughter and a jealous brother. 
the McMahons. <laughs> Rampage? No. There was a couple like that. <laughs> that. That is basically the plot. A successful daughter and a jealous brother. Yep. Funny enough, do you guys have seen this film? Yes. Is I know you've seen is it. Is that a recent film? Yes. Yes. A successful daughter. And a jealous yeah. brother. So is the So a successful sister and a jealous brother. I was about to say, like, is it an uncle niece? No, so there's brother and sister. Brother and sister. Brother and sister. Right, so the brother and sister that yeah. stars a WWE wrestler. Yes. Okay. The sister is successful and the brother is jealous. And the brother is jealous of the sister's success. It sounds like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy that Funny enough it is. Give me a clue. It is no, very, very recent. Extremely recent. Very, Fine very with my family. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I've actually not seen it by the way. I know he had though. Uh, oh. He's got a film log. <laughs> yeah, still watch it. I should have got that like half an hour earlier than I did. <laughs> okay, the next one. The film starts off with a load of concrete falling on someone's legs. <laughs> That's got really nothing to do with the film, but it starts off with that. Mm-hmm. And then... There is people running about a car park and some very, 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 very bad acting in it, apart from the main Do you want me to do this actor. one? No. Well, I already told you that. I didn't know what I was going to say for this one. But then they go to, I think, a model home? Maybe? Mm-hmm. And they drive around in an emergency services vehicle. Is this 12 rounds 2 with Andy Orton? No. No. Is it 12 rounds 1 with no. John Cena? Is it 12 rounds 3 with, no. with Velveteen Dream? <laughs> <laughs> is, is it Titanic 3? Is it 12 rounds no. 4 on the party bus? Do you want me to describe it? Is it a they, famous they, one? It starts off, they're in a bar. Okay. And there's a biker gang. Right. Is it Vendetta? No. Was, oh. It's a WWE. It's a WWE I'm trying, I'm trying to think of literally It's a WWE right. fin- Marine. The Marine 2. Marine 5. The Marine... Marine 5. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Miz was a paramedic and gets chased around for an hour by the social outcast in Naomi. Ah. Oh my god, <laughs> the joys of social outcast and in Naomi. The person who's uh, get concrete for him is actually Maurice Mazanin. Ah. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know what the point of her being in the film was because she was literally in it for like a minute. Sure, and that was with her screaming in pain because concrete had landed on her legs. From her well, I mean, what do you do when concrete then, lands on your legs? And then, and then she was pulled out, the car went on fire? Did it not? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or dropped on top of her. Yeah. Something like that. It's a terrible film. So, so what's your next one? Next one is parents that give their kids no privacy. Oh. And they're also big peeping toms. American blockers. Yeah. Blockers. Yeah, cop blockers. Blockers. Oh. blockers. Blockers. Featuring John Cena. Yeah. Yes. I'm calling it cop blockers because every time you came on screen, it had a, a, it had a, a cop. picture of cop yeah. and it went. Blockers. Yeah. This is DX 2006. Right. The next one. <laughs> Final film for Stacey. I have got two, two different. Two. Explanation. Two different plot. Yeah. Explanations. One of them. Someone in this room might not like, so I will say that one second. Okay. This stars the rock, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. Someone needs money, so they decide to join their friends dancing, and people like watching Magic them dance. Magic <laughs> Yes. What was the second thing? I'm <laughs> <laughs> saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. I'm not running it down. <laughs> 
But I have but it's a screenshot here. Uh, I'm sorry, Ross. But it's how I imagine Ross thinks he looks when he dances. <laughs> what a little girl. It's how I know I look when I dance. So because in this chat when we about this, I'm yeah. like, I've got one already. <laughs> like as soon as I got sent my did you, like, did you get Magic Mike? Yeah. Gareth told me when he was originally on this show that he, he got Magic Mike XL. Oh, did XXL. Yes, of, course, Gary, of, of course, Gary get the yeah, of Magic Mike his abs. <laughs> but I did not know there was a wrestler in that film. Mm-hmm. Kevin Nash. That plays Tarzan. Kevin Nash is in. Surprisingly, in a lot. He's in a lot of things, <laughs> he just isn't pops he? Up, he? He does. He I, does. Oh, by the way, he's the best thing in Longest Yard. Yeah. There's a. Look, you don't even need to watch the film. There's a four-minute clip on YouTube. It's just mm. Kevin Ash's best bits in Longest Yard. It's amazing. Right now, before we go to a break, I'm just going to say that you guys do not know how to explain a plotline badly. <laughs> you had I'm one job. I was a prequel, I not a bad plotline. Yours was all right. Yours was terrible. Well, David. I'm going to, to say I don't think we should go to a break. Quite frankly. Because why? Because you lost two one in that. No, because I am the interim general manager of the sweeps, and I have I have a show to run. A proposal. Right. Oh. Last time mm-hmm. that I brought this out, I had an announcement oh, and a celebration, and once again I have something to celebrate. But the celebration Ooh. isn't for me. It's for you. Oh God! Because this today is the birthday of our host, Sarah Grieve. Happy birthday to Sarah, everyone! So I have brought you some of the goat slurr. <laughs> so that, that you can lovely. enjoy. <laughs> yes, it does. Take <laughs> 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 it back to yourself. And look, so I've got the slurr and I've got the fancy, the fancy glasses again. Ooh. So you can enjoy your day and have a nice time with some slurr and some glasses, and it'll be great. And you know, Sarah, that isn't the surprise isn't done, right? What? The surprise isn't done. Oh no! It's Kevin Ash from Madden <laughs> <laughs> of Longish Yard fame. <laughs> and now Ross will dance the way Stacey described it. <laughs> oh God! Please don't. Sarah, I, I have to ask you, taking the, the show off for oh, three seconds. What's it like turning twenty-one once again? I mean, I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> the wrinkles don't really tell me that I'm 21 anymore. Oh, ridiculous. Well, we've got the we've got the cups here. and try to stall you for long enough. Right. You know. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sarah. Happy birthday to you! Hooray! 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 I'm not going to cry. Aww. <laughs> hey, come on. There you go. Historic! Let's get some good set of the fire alarm on here, guys. But thank you so much. Right, no. Part Well, now we're going to go enjoy some cake. We're going to go to a quick break, but... It's actually going to be a surprise, guys, so we'll see you in a few minutes. Hi, this is Jack Morris, and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. So what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you? You're welcome. What? No, no, no. I, I didn't. I wasn't. Why would I ever say <laughs> okay, that? I, mean... okay. <laughs> I see what's happening, yeah. 
You're face to face with greatness and it's strange You don't even know how you feel It's adorable Well, it's nice to see that humans never change Open your eyes, let's begin Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod When you're staring at a demigod What can I say except you're welcome For the tides, the sun, the sky Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome I'm just an ordinary demigod Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky When you were waddling, yay, hide this guy When the nights got cold, who stole you fire from down below? <laughs> Looking at him, yo! Oh, also I lasso the sun. You're welcome to stretch your days and bring you fun. Also I harness the breeze. You're welcome to fill your sails and shake your trees. So what can I say except you're welcome for the islands I pull from the sea. There's no need to pray, it's okay, you're welcome ha. I guess it's just my way of being me You're welcome, you're welcome Welcome to think of it Kid, honestly, I could go on and on I could explain every natural phenomenon The tide, the grass, the ground Oh, that was Maui just messing around I killed an eel, I buried its guts Sprouted a tree, now you got coconuts What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway And the tapestry here in my skin Is a map of the victories I win Look where I've been, I make everything happen Look at that, me, mini Maui Hey! Well, anyway, let me say You're welcome For the wonderful world you know Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. We'll come to think of it, I gotta go. Hey, it's your day to say you're welcome. Cause I'm gonna need that boat. I'm sailing away, away, you're welcome. Cause Maui can do everything but float. You're welcome, you're welcome. And thank you. This is the big ticket, King Killer. This is Cardiac Guy Williams King. It's your boy, KOE. House. Eat, sleep, suplex, retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. And welcome back. Yes, and you were not mistaken, that was Dwayne The Rock Johnson singing You're Welcome from the Disney film Moana. Woo! Oh, that's a class break. <laughs> Now, I also want to thank Jack Morris and KOE for their being the voices of this week's show. You can catch Stephen's interview with 9999 <laughs> member okay. Jack Morris. Uh, that went out on Monday. And then next week we have got Quacky's interview with KOE. KOE, baby! <laughs> Tell us, Quacky, one, one thing that KOE stands for. Oh, many of things. It also stands for subscribe now and listen to KOE's interview. Mm. Yeah, that'll be available on Monday on Anchor and like all the Android podcasting sites, Spotify, iTunes, God knows what we're even on anymore. Everything. 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 But yes, so that was the break and I hope everybody enjoyed it because I was so excited the fact I managed to actually sneak a Disney song. You're welcome. As part of this podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. Little <laughs> <laughs> now, I went out to the listeners earlier on in this week and I wanted to try and get some of their favourite ones. Now, one of the first ones, I'm sorry, David, it's uh, from Tom Brock. 
offence then. Do you oh, not see the resolution of that storyline? Nah, you need to go back and Twitter, mate. <laughs> well, that's alright. <laughs> this is all sorted. That's so, right, but... when you both come round to my house for dinner, there'll be no war. There'll be no war. For friends. Like, for the past like the... I can't stop Brexit, but <laughs> <laughs> I like them. It was like the end of the Uso Nudie feud. They just sort of shook hands and left. <laughs> it was lovely. Well, that's right, but this came from not only just Tom Brock, it also came from Billy Strachan of the Scottish Wrestling Network. And it also came from Cav. It's one of his favourite films, and it's The Longest Yard. Has Cav forgiven you? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I don't know, that was such a long time ago. Let's not bring it back up. I bet you he hasn't. He probably hasn't. <laughs> Cav, if you're, if you're listening, I'll be still raging if I were you. <laughs> still throwing me under the bus. Still throwing me under the bus. I mean, it's your birthday, but you're still not off the hook. <laughs> Uh, this one came from listener on the show Callum Fountain he said anything to do with rock good boy <laughs> always like that boy did, did Ross set up a new Twitter account yeah. recently no no <laughs> I, I don't turn on yourself <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm no touching my phone right now you can't prevent um, this one came from our very own Derek Kernahan saying Steve Austin in The Condemned uh, the Condemned is such an underrated movie. It's the Hunger Games before the Hunger Games, but after Battle Royale, so you know, still Louis a copy. Louis Lipfy suits is in it. It's just such an odd casting. Yeah, I haven't seen it in ages, but I remember when I was like eleven, enjoying it. So, what can you do? <laughs> now, this one I think you can probably all guess. It's anything to do with sharks in a tornado. Not Stacy. Came from Stacy. <laughs> This very, very, very underrated film franchise. I genuinely think the Academy missed a trick, you know, not considering the acting performances in the, the, these series of movies. Well, exactly. Snubbed. Is the word Sarah snubbed? <laughs> Can't even say snubbed and Sarah at the same time you try that. <laughs> Sarah. Snubbed. <laughs> what was in that schlur? <laughs> Did you get a buzz? Say <laughs> snubbed schlur Sarah in the one go. Snub schlur Sarah. Oh, I'm driving later on. You're going to slug something extra. I swear. Quacky's better drunk. Another one came from listener of the show, Gordon Hay. He says, Guardians of the Galaxy, nothing else even comes close. Uh, uh, in terms of a performance by a wrestler in a movie, I'd argue that Dave Batista is head and shoulders above the rest, just like Joe Hart. So, mm-hmm. uh, and this one came from Brendan Doig. He's got two of them here. So, The Rock in the Mummy Two. Haku Masante. What's the next one? And another one is They Live. Great, great okay. film, cult classic. Um, John Carpenter, legendary director of Halloween. Uh, and the thing did they live um, after both those films and one of the best fist fight scenes uh, ever to put to cinema um, and it lasts it lasts a considerable amount of time but it's one of the most well shot like and realistic looking fight scenes that you'll ever see mm-hmm. it's really good now and one it's not actually a film and a game it came from friend of the show Tom Brock and it's Steve Rostin's Broken Skull Ranch I mean who's actually seen that show well, no, I've watched a, it once more of a Titan Games man myself <laughs> <laughs> I know it's on Sky 1 it's floating about out there, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually not a bad show, to be honest. I mean, it's all right, but it's the same. It's what? The, it's, the, it's a Texan. What? It's a Texan. What? It's a Texan version of Castle, is what I'm trying to say. 
God damn it. Takeshi's Castle. Oh, God, Takeshi's Castle. Oh, my God, I love Takeshi's Castle. Yeah, no wrestlers in that, but... No, unfortunately not. Yeah. That's the bottom line, just to shake his head. To shake his head. It's copyright, we can't say the real world. What wrestler would win Takeshi's Castle if they went Ricochet. Ricochet. Yeah, Ricochet or Casey Catanzaro, we can all go home. Johnny Brindle. Oh, shouting off. Oh, really? Shut it. <laughs> Is that John Morrison? I'm a yeah. WWE guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's John Morrison? I'm a Johnny Nitro. Uh, Johnny Jesus. Impact is my kind of person. Oh, well, <laughs> or Kofi Kingston. Stacey's heard of none of these people. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Stacey, they're all the same person. <laughs> all right. <laughs> John Hannigan? No. <laughs> Tough enough, wouldn't Right, now, we've talked about like people transitioning, being part of the WWE transitioning to the main like the silver screen now i've got the three people here that have probably been like the most iconic in terms of making that transition and i'm waiting for david to pop i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> said the, i said the word iconic yeah oh, oh. don't wait there for you iconic you've got to be joking mate <laughs> two of the funniest iconic. people alive <laughs> What have you put in this slur? <laughs> I know, I like to anticipate right now, by the way. <laughs> so, we're just going to take a wee bit of time. So, I've got three people here. I've got The Rock, I've got John Cena and Batista. So, they're arguably the three most successful people that have stepped from the WWE and went to the mainstream market. Ross, I'll start with you, seeing as you love this man so much. And look at the little grin on his face. Batista. <laughs> <laughs> so tell tell me what have you taken away from the film success of The Rock? He is a marketing genius. He has surrounded himself from 2010 onwards with the best and brightest social media marketing guys, film marketing guys, financial advisors. He is an absolute billionaire right now. There is no one more successful in Hollywood right now, and it's just because he basically. He went out, he tried to make it on his own. I think, see if he came back to wrestling after like the Tooth Fairy and that, we also liked the Tooth Fairy because he wore a tutu, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Given wrestlers up until that point, that was a, success, a successful film career. Yeah. With like a walking tall and the rundown or walking in the jungle, whatever you want to call it, the mummy. But the fact that he basically took a step back and went, I need a bit of help here. He, he put his ego to one side and went, I need to reinvent myself, I need to, instead of what I think's good for me, find what I know is good for me and he's done it. Yeah. Stacey, what's been like your favourite film that you've actually seen that starred The Rock? Besides Baywatch, of course. Um, I like... I've only seen two Fast and Furious films and they're the last two. So the ones that he's been in? Yeah, they're, they're the only ones I've seen. I liked him in that. That shows how important the story is to the Fast and Furious movies when you jump in at like, 7 and 8. <laughs> I would just like to say though, when I started seeing films that he was in, I'd never seen him wrestle. So I knew him as an actor. Obviously, I knew yeah. that he was a wrestler, but I'd never seen him wrestle Fair before enough. that. So I kind of see him more of an actor than a wrestler. Right, so... Uh, Do you know what I mean? I have interviewed somebody that said that they got to wrestling because they saw The Rock in a movie. Wow. Uh, well, he's the only one in the movie. And they just watched one pay-per-view and it's like, wait, that's a rock, isn't he made to be in this film? It was this again that you interviewed? Kieran Kelly. Kieran Kelly. Wow. Yes, yeah, so you can catch Quackers interview with Kieran Kelly. All right, <laughs> no, back now. It wasn't an opportunity to plug it, but fair enough. <laughs> might as well. That, it ties in with the theme of the show. <laughs> that's the same with Batista as well. Like, mm-hmm. 
I've, I've only ever seen him wrestle once. And that was just there. Just now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. I, I didn't even know who he was until he all pointed out, oh, he's a wrestler. Yeah. He so, walks for miles and he's a bit of danger. We're not talking about Batista. Just I don't love him. <laughs> David, now, yeah. not only is The Rock been an actor, he's also credited as like being executive producer of yeah. a lot of films. One including the most recent... Uh, superhero from Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more to do with him, like Ross said, being a marketing genius and being able to, because he is the last movie star, okay, and I don't use that phrase lightly. We're in an era, like I alluded to earlier, where we don't go and see movies because of the actors that are in them. We go and see them because of the IP that's around them, mm-hmm. or the uh, what part of the franchise they're in, or what if you get sold in the trailer. The Rock is the last true movie star. Now, that doesn't only apply to movies that he stars in, as you see. If you see Dwayne The Rock Johnson's name in a campaign, on a trailer, on a poster, doesn't matter if you see him in the movie or not, his name attracts attention. His name has value. And when you put his name on something, the Shazam situation is very specific because he was meant to be in Shazam. Mm-hmm. However, they rewrote the script because he was not ready to play back Black Adam because they didn't expect Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle to be the mega, mega success yeah. that it was. They had to go and film the sequel. By the way, great film. Very Absolutely funny. Absolutely love Jumanji. I, I wasn't expecting anything from it. Um, and then walked, uh, watched it one night and I was thoroughly, thoroughly entertained. Mm-hmm. The thing that The Rock does well now is that he plays to his strengths. He is not an actor like a Daniel Day-Lewis. He is the next, um, I was about to say John McLean, but that's not your real name. He's the next <laughs> He's the next Bruce Willis. He's the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the next Sly Stallone. He is that for our generation. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that's how he's been successful because he's played into that now. He's played into uh, going into the action and comedy realm and sticking to his guns now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fingers crossed he's in Expendables 4. Oh, good. no. No, I'm sorry. That's but another film that Steve Austin was in, The Expendables. Yeah. I love The Expendables the, films. The Expendables are good, but they're good for what they are. Fantastic films. And The Rock is... <laughs> says the woman who decided to watch Titanic 2 for a second <laughs> time. No, but The Rock the Rock would be dragged down by that. The Rock, the Rock would look like an Oscar... The Rock would look like Daniel Day-Lewis next to Sly Stallone. We were talking with me and Ross have talked about it before. I would like to see The Rock try and branch out. I think The Rock could get an Oscar one day, but it would have to be very much with the right role. It would be something that plays in his natural charisma. You would get it something like a Quentin Tarantino movie, something like a Shane Black movie, maybe that would play to The Rock's strengths and maybe get him into this that sort of awards prestige cinema place. The Rock and John Cena are both in Oscar nominated films. Yeah, but there we go. Leads me on next to John Cena. Now he's not—he's not had the biggest uh, back catalogue when it comes to films. He's only just starting to make that transition. So out of the, out of the short selection of films, like you've got—he was in like Trainwreck and Sisters and most like in Blockers, and most recently he was fighting Evil Decepticons. Not a well, technically, he was on our side for a bit. Yeah, as well. like, not to Cena. spoil the movie, but oh, jeez, oh. But then Optimus Prime will rise for the ninth time. <laughs> this is Transformers: Age of the Fallen, Extinction. <laughs> um, so there's not really much to talk about the film success of John Cena, but how about the future success that he could possibly have? He's going to have lots. I think. I think that David said earlier he had his foot in both doors before. Like you know, the whole feud with The Rock was. You left, I stayed. 
and I think everyone just kind of agreed, like, yeah, but John, your movies have been kind of yeah. pish. Yeah. And uh, I think now that he's gone out and people seen that actually is quite funny, he's very charismatic, you know, he's a regular on Jimmy Fallon now, he's recently hosted Ellen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... The true sign of success. Yes, yeah, well, yes. Exactly. No, that's the thing. She very rarely takes time off, and when she does, she's very selective about who takes her slot. Oh, absolutely. And, pardon me, uh, I think the fact that he's going more and more part-time with WWE, I think it's good for his film career, but it, and it's also good for WWE, because I think for it, it, it doesn't feel that he fits in this new era, I think. Yeah. He's a more legacy sort of Matt Hardy conversion character. Oh yeah, and I, I think he he will be like a Batista in the Rock. I think I'm worried about him, but I'm a bit in the sense that I think he is a bit directionless at the times. I think he's been great in the smaller supporting roles he's done. Yeah, such as Trainwreck, such as Blockers. His biggest misstep for me so far. Ironically, he's probably his biggest success in Bumblebee mm-hmm. because John Cena is a lot funnier than typical military man number one. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think the testing ground of this is going to be his rumor for our own Suicide Squad two. Yeah, if he gets cast in that, is he going to be the replacement for like the military liaison? Which is, is a sign for me, John. You've typecast yourself, and I don't think your career is going to be as big as it could be. Yeah. Or is he going to take a chance with James Gunn? Who, if there's a director to take a chance with, that would be it. You brought up King Shark, something like that, something completely outside the box. Oh, That's shark. the John Cena I want to see. I want to see John Cena leading towards comedy and not towards mm-hmm. the military 2005-2006 John Cena that we all got bored of right away, you well, know what I mean? we did see a slight part of comedy to John Cena in Daddy's Home too. Yes, I was hey. going to mention that film. I loved him in that film. <laughs> it's Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. He's, yes. he's so funny. Like, he is really funny. He's, he's, he's got awesome. arms for legs. <laughs> <laughs> and just the part in Blockers when they go to the, the party and they have to do the the challenge to get in. <laughs> Love it. If you guys haven't seen Blockers, I would actually highly recommend yes. it. That's what brought me back to sanity after watching Marine 5. <laughs> I, I, I do like the bit in Daddy's Home 1, his brief cameo. Yeah. You must be Kayla's dad. Nope. And just pushes by Mark. He's like, bye. And you just like, you get an actual image of what Mark Wahlberg and John Cena standing next to each other actually looks <laughs> yeah. like. I do like the bit uh, as well. They slag him and train wreck. Yeah. Hey, Marky Mark. Do I look, I, I look like I ate Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> now, the third person we were talking about now, remember, he's got a film coming out. Rick- Come on, what he wants. Like, yeah. right, like tonight, today, or Woo! most folk world probably. No, he doesn't. He's part of a film. No, he's not. He's dead. <laughs> we all know he's not coming back. <laughs> Sorry. In the lead up to tonight's big epic blockbuster, we will talk Which about. Which he once started. That he once started. In God a very, rest his soul. In a very dramatic fashion. And probably what, the, the, what David said earlier was his breakthrough. Like him getting cast as Drax the Destroyer. Yes, we are talking about Batista. Oh, that's great. Right, the, the reference didn't go over my head, I did catch it. Ah. ah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the film success of Batista, Stacey, see, since he got cast as Guardians of the Galaxy, he's mm-hmm. made waves. He, he was also like in a James Bond film, given he didn't talk, but he was in a James Bond film. I haven't seen any James Bond films. Well, he was a villain. Oh! 
<laughs> a villain that didn't talk. He's like a hitman, wasn't he? Yeah. It sounds good on paper, doesn't it? The best kind of villains, ones that don't talk. But yeah, like, since, well, since he got cast as Drax or Destroyer, mm-hmm. how do you think his career's went? Because he has been in both the Guardians of the Galaxy films and Infinity War as well. See, like I said earlier, I didn't know who he was before I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, personally, I think he is one of the best people, one of the best things about Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and when I, when I actually found out that he was a wrestler after it, I said, oh, he's going to be at WrestleMania. I'm quite interested to see what he's like mm-hmm. as a wrestler, because I think he's a fantastic actor. I can't forget it, it's all like a reverse role for Stacey. Yeah! <laughs> but Ross, what do you think about his success, like leading from Guardians of the Galaxy and he's been in, he's been in Blade Runner as well? So... He's been in a Blade Runner variation? I haven't seen any of those films. I've not seen Blade Runner 1 or 2 or 2049 or whatever the number yeah. is. Aye. But, um, I actually was only going to see Guardians because of Batista's involvement. I didn't know that Vin Diesel played a tree or Gar- <laughs> that Bradley, Bradley Cooper played, Cooper played a raccoon. Played a raccoon. <laughs> I knew that Andy from Parks and Rec was in it, you know, that's about it, but um, yeah, he's basically, like we're talking about John Cena typecasting himself, he found a role that, and it's it's no meant as disrespect, but he's early in his acting career, so he's not exactly, you know, he's no Daniel Day-Lewis, he's found a minimalist role, easy for me to say, that plays to his strengths, and he is a, he is a funny guy. Is a naturally charismatic guy, so he can play off the sort of deadpan, stupid, sort of Oliver Hardy style gimmick. And I think, I don't think he's going to be a leading man. I think when you look at wrestlers and successful films, his will be the most successful because they're Marvel Studio films. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. But I don't think he's ever going to be a leading man. I think he's an ensemble cast guy. Hmm. Don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, and I actually tend to agree with Ross. He described himself as a character actor, and I actually take Dave Bautista very seriously as an actor. I think he's phenomenal. I think the stuff he does, and the stuff that he chooses not to do, uh, everything's a decision. And he says that he takes films, which I respect, he takes films not based off the property or stuff, he takes films based on who's behind the camera, what director he gets to work with. If you look at the names he's worked with, James Gunn in Guardians, he's worked with Sam Mendes in um, Spectre, he's worked with Jodie Foster in Hotel Artemis, he's worked with Denis Villeneuve in Blade Runner 2049, and I will tell you this, right, he's only in, spoiler alert, five minutes of that movie, okay? The performance he gives is, for me, outstanding. He comes in and he does the job, and the fact that Denis Villeneuve is one of the best directors working our time, he's hired him again for his next project in Dune. What does that tell you? It tells uh-huh. you that he appreciates the work that Batista does. It tells you that he's a steady hand, Batista, than that what came from Glenn Close. After they filmed Guardians of the Galaxy, and Glenn Close said that Dave Batista has got a very promising career ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So wow. he is well respected, and it is the difference. I mean, no disrespect to John Cena and The Rock. Dave Bautista is an actor, they're action and comedy stars. Yeah. Yeah. And his characters can make themselves invisible. I think we give it a what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have waterproof microphones, so don't do that again. Although in fairness, Guardians 3, nipple bar for those sensitive nipples. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact is, that he, the band's got a set of cojones on him, by the way. And mm. he, went, he went up against Disney. 
he went up against Disney. He is not afraid. We know he's not afraid to go up against WWE's wrestling fans. Calls them out all the time. She called out Disney. They own everything. The man <laughs> might never have worked again. And he did it out of loyalty to his friend and the guy that gave him a job, James Gunn. Mm-hmm. That, for me, shows the type of man that Dave Bautista is. Yeah. And I respect him a lot more because of stuff like that. Because he stood up for his friend. Yeah. And he knew the implications that could come from it. Yeah. We slagged this film earlier, The Chaperone. It's actually the reason he left WWE in 2010. He was promised that, and then they gave it Triple H. <gasps> they should have played that up for the feud at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! This isn't about Ric Flair. This, this is about the over. chaperone on her. <laughs> Give me what I want. <laughs> I challenge you Give to me. a chaperone, chaperone bus match. <laughs> what I want. Give me what I want. <laughs> oh God. We're doing the chaperone remake, and we're doing it my way. <laughs> I want a zig cigar. Give me what I want. You're not in control. James Gunn's in control. <laughs> I'm going to quickly move on before you start calling out Dave Batista. <laughs> or, you know, start the mating call whoa, whoa, to, to, summon him, to summon Dave Batista. <laughs> Wrestlers are not only just seen in films, they're seen in TV shows, or there's even TV shows that have been based around wrestling. So, like, for example, you've got Glow, which I know that we have got a show coming up reviewing season two, which David is so excited for. Can I just say the name Kuntar, please? Yes. Kuntar. <laughs> What's the name of the old woman tag team again? Oh, the beatdown biddies. The beatdown biddies. <laughs> I can't wait to watch that. It's going to be class. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Glow is, is based on the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. If you guys haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. There's already a season one review, basically. Yes. That we have done in the past. That Which just, is a hilarious show, by the way. I'd advise you to go back and listen to it because uh, that was a show that made me actually want to watch Glow. I was not even interested in it in the first place. It's a show where we chastise Stephen Wilson as the three guests, two of them in this room right now, had watched two seasons of Glow in a week. <laughs> yes. Only for him to go, I never had time. <laughs> That's just like Wilson. Mr. Give me my own belt, Wilson. No, not that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Glow isn't like one of the only things. When I was doing some research now, I've already mentioned The Miz was in an actual episode of Supernatural that was based around wrestling. That was called Beyond the Mat. Season 11, episode 15. He plays an up-and-coming wrestler. Yes, I know, I did my research. That's I good love, stats. I love, but I'm a big fan of Supernatural. So when I seen that he was going to be in it, obviously the excitement hit. And it was if you watch Jensen Ackles try and do an impression of Ric Flair... One of the greatest things ever, um, but it was also like the, it's a it's a wrestling related episode. The synopsis of it goes: the Miz is a young wrestler up and coming on the indie scene, and he's trying to work his way up. The, the brothers come in, Dean and Sam, because there's some demon activity going on. It turns out that one of the other wrestlers sold his soul for glory, and is trying to get other wrestlers into it. That should be a given. That is a workshop. <laughs> Is that not Roman Reigns? Um, But yeah, so you've got that. You've got Rowdy Roddy Piper was in two episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Which again, he played a washed up wrestler. Hmm. (laughs) Helping start a wrestling promotion. The best thing about that episode is when they describe Hulk Hogan, they say skin of a hot dog, hair of a Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) What else have we had? We've had Chavo Guerrero was actually in an episode of Grimm. And it was again a wrestling episode. Yeah, oh. something to do with a possessed mask Ooh. of an old wrestler. Oh. <laughs> and then finally, you've got The Rock was actually in that 70s show. He was playing his dad. Uh, and Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock 
Ken. Was Ken Shamrock on a wrestling episode though? Uh, uh, he slammed Jackson on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we actually had a wrestling related episode yes. of that 70s show where The Rock was playing his dad. Yes, he fought 12 angry midgets. Yeah. That was it. Rock, Rocky Johnson fight 12 angry midgets. It's, it's in. It's, anyway, also, <laughs> the Hardy Boys and Ken Shamrock were also in that. Yes, they were. Nice. So you, you do get a lot of wrestlers that have transitioned. Again, I'd advise anyone go watch it. I couldn't remember the exact season or episode, but I'm pretty sure Ross could probably tell uh, It's you. in season two and it's just called That Wrestling Episode. Yes, yeah, so there you go. Of that 70s show. Of that 70s show, but uh, just whether we're hanging how ironic. down the street. Same old wrestling that they watched last week. Um, but some other things that I've noticed um, we've had Edge has made his transition. He was in Haven. He also played a villain in The Flash. Oh, season two. Loved it. Goldberg has also been in The Flash. Oh well, no, he's in Arrow actually. Yeah, so we've had Goldberg. The CW shows have had a couple. They love them. And also one of the more famous ones that starts, sparked a bromance that originated in a SummerSlam feud. Mm. It was Cody Rhodes and Stephen Amell. That's a good example of cross-promotion yes. and intertextuality. I think someone was complaining about the SNL guys. i seen it online, someone was complaining the SNL guys came on for WrestleMania, but there was no WrestleMania wrestling skit on SNL mm-hmm. in return. You have Stephen Amell come on for SummerSlam. You have Cody Rose go on to Arrow. That's yeah. like a good give and take, you know? It's also, it's had that sparked a bromance that you had, they, they met in a storyline when they was going up, it was it was even, it was Cody Rhodes' character going up against uh, Stephen Mel's character, actually, Oliver Queen. It wasn't aimed at Stephen Mel himself, it was aimed at Oliver Queen. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to announce season five, they announced that Cody was going to be one of the main villains, mm-hmm. and they've even brought him back for one of the like the most recent ones uh, this year when they oh, were in prison. They were in prison, basically yeah. enough. But it, it that sparks a romance, and to this day, you've had when Cody ran all in, Stephen had a match. It probably won't surprise me, if, like, because he is actually finishing up with Arrow, like, in the fall. It, it'd be ten episodes of Arrow. Don't I'm so, I'm so sad about it as well, and um, the it's going to start, hopefully, my my hope in my life, that Stephen Amell would possibly get signed to AEW. Why? I, I like a full-time wrestler. never know, because he does, he does mm. all of his own stunts. He's not that old, he's about 35. He's not old at all, but he does all his own stunts in Arrow. He's already done uh, two wrestling matches, funny enough, and he got Superstar of the, like, well, Celebrity of the Year at, the, at that year's Slammies. He was good, his performance was good by celebrity wrestling standards. Mm-hmm. It was no snooky. Yeah, oh, oh, by the way, Trish Stratus fan, don't talk to you all that much. <laughs> uh, I will say that people talk a lot about celebrities making the transition to wrestling and how it's not easy and they shouldn't be handed things. For me, if Stephen Amell was signed to AEW off the bat, when there's tons of independent talent who would get snatched up by that yeah. big company, for me, I get why they would do it, but I would be a bit miffed and it sort of shows that they're going down a sort of similar route to WCW back in the day, putting more uh, putting more stock in star power and celebrity rather than good wrestling content. Yeah. Uh, we're going to quickly talk about things closer to home. Yes. Now, most recently on BBC flagship show, BBC Scotland, you've had Rogue the Wrestler, which has featured the guys from GPWA, so you've got Mark Dallas, Lionheart and Jester in a three-part series on training how to be a wrestler. How does it feel seeing like the guys that you watch in the garage on the telly, basically? 
Um, for me, I love Big Da. <laughs> I just love that name, <laughs> Big Da. Because <laughs> I always like the name Big Daddy. Like, it sounds funny to say Big Daddy. Big Da. And, and there is oh, Big, Big Daddy. Daddy. Did you see Andy in it? Yes. Andy yes. <laughs> Mitchell was in it. Yes, and yes. one of my friends, Charlie Vice, being the Sun Queen Bearer mm. on top of that Gemma bus. Gemma was also on it. Gemma was also on it as well. It was nice to see a Glasgow Uni student be on the TV, not just some wannabe film critic on a podcast, you know. I was Someone. on the tr- BBC show Trust Me twice, look it up. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you take Schlor on there and betray them on Trust Me? Aye. <laughs> but who the fuck trusted you? I shared this with Jodie Whittaker, mate. Another show we've got closer to home that I'm pretty sure everyone has seen is Scott Squad. Oh, yes. I've like, seen Scott a lot of wrestlers. Grado's heavily featured. You've had The Wee Man. Thomas Kearns has actually been in it yeah. as well. Mark Dallas is Lee Griffiths. Yep, he's Lee Griffiths. <laughs> yeah. And Tam Spraggins. Oh, <laughs> he keeps calling PC Jack McQuarrie. I must say, it's Chris Toll. Love him in that. So what, when he's in Asta? Yes. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love 12 scones? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what he's like, set myself up for the morning. You get me scones. <laughs> Listen, you bent. Like, stop calling her a bent. <laughs> Sorry, Shagger. But see, does it have that same effect knowing that these are the guys that you see probably on a daily basis, actually, like either wandering around Glasgow? <laughs> Does it make it feel any different or? Makes it more relatable in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something like, oh, I've, I've, I've seen them in the box doing a Q&A. It's like, oh, I saw them in this restaurant and this and that. And it's just... I saw them doing a DJ set in box last week. Uh, to me, it's the same, because like, you don't go, oh, it's, you know, like, whatever. The, like, it's, it's the lip. Start Easy again. for you to say. Like, what is that that schlur? Like whatever the, whatever the wrestler's real name is, I'm not going to say it on air, but yeah. like, you go, oh, it's Red Lightning. Like, I, I think that sort of thing with the Scottish wrestlers is sort of when you see like people for still game, like on the train or up the town or like, oh, by the way, I was in Clyde Bank, Naveed walked by me the other day. You don't yeah. say, oh, Sanjeev Kohli walked by me, you go, right. Naveed walked by me. I think that is the same effect. Oh, I'm right. Or like you saying that's that Thomas Bain. That's what you mean, but I'm going to say it on air. That's the pain of my existence at every independent show. I remember right on that. It's like, what is your sex? My sex is shining your wall. Like, like I just said to Ross, it's also my excitement to see when um, Sean McLaughlin was getting featured heavily on the WWE Network, yeah. especially as part of NXT TakeOver. So here, that's like Sean McLaughlin off the telly. At least you I just do it. I'd be sitting next to her at an independent show and my phone would bleep. I'm like, who's texting me? Sean McLaughlin's in this match. I fucking know, I'm watching it! <laughs> but, but, Ross, Sean's in the telly. I don't care. Good for Sean. Like Sean's on the telly. Hey, I made a big deal. He was the first Scottish referee to do a takeover. You know what? Can I, Congratulations to Sean. Yes. Yeah. Can I say as well? I, it was one I looked up, and it's a possibly the worst marketing strategy WWE have ever done. Uh-oh. It is Triple H as himself. Oh. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to say that I love this. On the weakest link. What I think it is. It's not the weakest link. That's not what I forgot. That was weakest right, link. Well, it was the show that. Pacific Blue. That's not what I was thinking of. Oh, right, never mind. Fair you can talk about your one in a minute, Stacey, can you? <laughs> Slow your roll. Uh, Pacific Blue, which no! was which was described uh, as by TV Guide as Baywatch on bikes, so no, it ties into the rock thing. He was a bodyguard. He wore he played himself. He wore his DX. He played himself, or I played himself. Well, I hope he, he didn't himself. play himself when we get to this point. Right. He wore his DX merchandise, and he was the bodyguard of a paedophile gang. Yes. 
And WWE thought it was a good idea to send Triple H, the Intercontinental Champion. What era was this in? 1998. Oh, okay. The Intercontinental Champion with his DX gear and his own name to bodyguard a group of paedophiles. He was face at the time. Did you know he was also one of the weakest like? <laughs> <laughs> I like how we had that dark story over there that you're just throwing up on the I, I, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll let you give a wee time to think and see so you can tell us hers. I loved it when him and Stephanie did Let It Go on Lipsync oh. Battle. I thought that was fantastic. It's also when they sang um, Her Far I'll Go from Moana. Yes. Before SummerSlam. That, that broke the internet. I still love that. Billy Gunn was in an episode of Sabrina. I love that. I, I, oh, I watched that episode the other day. <laughs> the, the Ass Man was in an episode of Sabrina. Shane McMahon was on NCIS very recently. Ooh. Yeah, came in for a performance in NCIS um, where he basically played himself um, an indestructible. The best agent. in the world. <laughs> you need to say with more gusto. The best in the world. Nah, Stop. no, no, no. It's, it's never going to be Grab his tie. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing Put a tie on me and grab I've got about WWE, WWE the last thing I've got about <laughs> WWE wrestlers in mainstream TV is when you see the at the time it was the Divas. Yeah. Which, 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 to E, I can see the lighting up of David Campbell and Stacey's face. That's actually what got me starting to watch WWE wrestling because I started guess, watching Total Divas. Well, how about you tell us a little bit about that then? Because uh, I saw the Bellas on it, I was like, I love the Bellas. And then I started watching WWE. Total Divas is class, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's quality TV. It's great reality. They all just buy in. Yeah, because let's be honest, like, some of the wrestlers are a bit, they're egomaniacs, you know? I can relate. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> so they like to hear themselves talk. Like, Natalia, for one, loves that reality show life, yeah. Like, she totally buys in. I mean, in, yeah. she's been on every single season. See, so. like, a drama she can make for herself, man. Oh my god, I don't know what I'm going to do with my cat this week. Oh, oh. And then it's like, <laughs> if you're emotional break, I'm like, nah, no one cares. Man. I thought no it was cares. hilarious when they met the, was it? Grumpy cat? Oh yeah, grumpy cat. Yeah. That was hilarious. Do you mind when she threw someone out of her car? Oh. It was perfect thing yes. on the planet. Total Divas is amazing. It really is. They're actually fil- they're in the middle Divas of filming the new season in Hawaii right now. Oh, that's class. Yes, I saw a tweet from it was Natty and Liv Morgan actually. Mm-hmm. So I love seeing the, the Eva Marie stuff on it. And she was a like, to big brother. I feel just like I don't know where I'm gonna go. Maybe I'll be a dancer with Fandango. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. I'll be a dancer with Fandango. I don't know how to dance. And then Stephanie McMahon threatens to fire her on the show. Like, sits her down and goes, if you do that again, you're sacked. And I'm like, is this real or is it not real? I know I'm drinking the Kool-Aid by saying that because obviously it's scripted. Apparently she burst out crying offset, not realising that this was just for the show and she was never in danger of being fired. Because it was like the E network that hired her. So it was yeah. like, hey, she's on your show. Jesus. I did love Eva Marie though. I liked her. Do you know the, guy, the things that could have been from with that old she's, last gimmick she had? She's now got purple hair. Um, Not red anymore, and it's purple. All purple, everything doesn't have the same ring. No. <laughs> Bret Hart was on The Simpsons. I love that. I mean, who could forget Bret Hart being in The Simpsons? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who won the WWE Weakest Link shows? <laughs> Who won the WWE Weakest Link show? Now I'm forgetting. I'm pretty sure there was two of them. Kane. Kane won one, and I'm pretty sure it was it was McMahon Helmsley that made the final two in the next one, and I think it was Triple H that won it. 
Uh, because Stephanie was the weakest link in the last round and it was a tiebreaker and Triple H voted Bubba off because he went I'm not voting against my wife I'm not stupid <laughs> which is a smart thing to do yeah. okay. right yeah. now the last thing I asked you to do just like asking you is to prepare a plot line to explain badly which you did not even manage I kind of did <laughs> I thought mine was kind great of. I've also asked you to sort of prepare what would happen or what would you think would happen if a WWE wrestler would either not be cast in a specific mm-hmm. role or would you actually put someone in their place? So say, for example, we had... Give me a film, Quacky. Gay Watch. Right, well, The Rock's already in that. Okay, so we'll start with that. So what if you were either going to replace The Rock with another WWE wrestler or if you were going to integrate another WWE wrestler into a film? So that one's easy. Finn Balor on the beach with those abs. <laughs> totally watched that. Jesus, Damn yes. Gary <laughs> I've got someone better. Our Truth. Oh, Truth's got abs as well. Yeah. Well, what other films would Our uh, Truth be good for? Everything. Our Truth in Ocean's Eleven. Ooh. I can see Truth is like the mad guy who's just like he's like the pure tech guy behind these. Like this ain't going to work, man. <laughs> <laughs> And then Carmella's just behind them, just like Carmella is money or doing whatever she does. She can be there too, but it's not explained. So it's truth and like character, mm-hmm. but it's Carmella still in WWE gimmick with WWE gear carrying around the best money in the bank briefcase, just like moonwalking <laughs> behind them. It's never explained. I think that'd be hilarious. Not him. If he, if he gets. Not truth. If he gets in the money vault, he'll bring out a ladder climbing finger uh, up the top. Look, guys, we're going to steal that diamond. <laughs> truth. We're stealing a statue. <laughs> Truth, we're actually in Rome. <laughs> Ross, say, say they were going to rebook or recast the entire Longest Yard to do oh. a remake for 2019-2020. Who would you have right. as part of the Longest Yard? Well, first, I've got a wee fantasy one that's going to make David's mind absolutely blow. Okay. We're going to replace The Rock in Baywatch with Vanessa Hudson. And we're going to have a high school musical reunion. Zac Efron and Vanessa <laughs> on the beach. Will there be singing? They're breaking free. Oh. They're soaring. They're swimming. Are they having iced tea imported from Turkey and Turkey imported from the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. Anyway, yes. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, longest yard, Stone Cold Steve Austin's racist prison guard will be played by uh, Scott Dawson. Okay. He's the bald one in the road. That is absolutely <laughs> perfect racist casting. See if I was to draw a racist. <laughs> It'd be Scott Dawson of the revival. <laughs> I would I wouldn't recast uh, Great Cali or Kevin Nash because I'm sorry, they are both perfect in mm-hmm. the role. Can I just say the racist guard? Why not just make it more truthful and put Hulk Hogan in there? I don't want Hulk Hogan in my film. <laughs> <laughs> No one wants Hulk Hogan in a film. We don't want actual racists, we just want people that look like racists. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, wait, sorry. Before I get a lot of hate on Twitter, yes, he did apologise. Move on. Oh, screw him. Not to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he did, and I need to forgive him because he was so good for wrestling and all that. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sorry. I don't know who I'd replace Goldberg with. I think I'm. A- Honestly, Longest Yard's a hard one to recast. I'd have 
Well, if, if it's, Ricochet, Ricochet would play Nelly's character, the fast, wiry uh, linebacker. Okay. Our truth would play Chris Rock's character. Love it. Caretaker. And Burt Reynolds is dead, so Vince McMahon can play his character. <laughs> Vince McMahon can play, but Vince McMahon can play the warden actually. Okay. Shane McMahon can play Burt Reynolds' character. Yes. So. And just Terry Crews, just keep. Keep, keep Terry Crews oh, as always. More Teddy Crews. Yes. yes. We're, we're actually going to have uh, Sergeant Jeffords in it as well. He'll be a prison guard and a prisoner. Job personality, yeah. Oh. Stacey, see if I Terry give you... Let's see what film I will give you. <laughs> what film can I give Stacey? So we'll Titanic film... 2. Not Titanic 2. Um, Titanic 4, Room on the Door. Suicide Squad, first one. Suicide Squad. So, who would you like to see in that film that's a WWE wrestler? You can replace the entire Suicide Squad if you'd like. Eh. So who, for example, would you have as Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn. Just because I like them, one of the Bellas. Preferably Nikki. Surely it's Liv. Or Alexa. I would have said Alexa. I see. But this this is my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm choosing Nikki Bella. Okay. We're just telling you, we're no pain to see it. I would have, I think I would have Bray Wyatt in it. Okay. Can I just say, Stacey absolutely looks like a director right now without the director share. She sits with her legs crossed, a coffee in her hand that was brought in by herself. So she represents Hollywood. <laughs> oh, I don't want the people perfect for the part, but I've heard of the Bella Twins. <laughs> so they'll make his money. This is called marketing, sweetie. Yeah. Google it. <laughs> um... Yeah, I would Joey, have... it's Stacey. <laughs> it's a stuff. <laughs> Stacey, I'll give you one more character. Joker. Who would you have as the Joker? Joker. Ooh. I'd maybe have the Joker. Oh, I don't know. The Joker's a nice uh, uh, Bray Wyatt. Oh, actually. Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> Sorry, just something that Quacko like. Longest Yard, the basketball scene where Adam Sandler beats that guy, I can't remember his character's name, will be played by uh, Angela Dawkins, and Nelly's character will now be played by Montez Ford. Okay. Oh, one other person that I would have in Suicide Squad would be Seth Rollins after he showcased his fantastic uh, acting skills in Sharknado 4. Cracker, give a film for David Campbell to do. Oh, I've got one fantasy booking. Go right for it. Right. Elliot and Deadringers. I would replace Elliot with Bubba Ray Dudley for no other reason than to have his evil twin played by Derek Kernahan. Nice. Nice. Evil Uncle Derek is all he calls him. Now, let's give a film for David Campbell, the film critic of us all. Okay. The Hangover. I'm double joking by the way, you don't need to pick the hangover. I was gonna say I was gonna pick a film that had the WWE wrestler in it. Oh. Can I do the hangover later? If you want. <laughs> uh rebook Fast and Furious. Oh, so in the Vin Diesel role, I oh, that's a, that's actually a tricky one. In the Vin Diesel role I'm putting some more Joe. Because I do think he's the, he's got the hard exterior, but in there I think there is a guy who could be like the family man and he's really good at speeches, as we know. So I can see him with a wee corona in his hand at the barbecue thinking, we're family. It's all about the fact we're family. You know, I can, I can see someone doing that. I can have it. I can see it, you know. With his girlfriend being called Wendy. Yeah. 
Um, I'd have Sonia Deville as Letty. Um, so so uh, Joe and Sonia are a couple okay. um, in this. Um, who would be? It's not Wendy. My God. Yeah. Who would be Paul Walker? I don't know who you take over from Kane. Nah, I can't be Kane. Nah. nah, it needs to be. It needs to be oh, someone. It needs to be my good-looking guy. You know, it needs to be someone I can market around. I was going Zach to say Finn, but Finn's a bit of an obvious choice. Zack Ryder. Yeah. He's beautiful. Though. He's also a bit of an obvious Tyler choice. Tyler Breeze. I'm going to go Tyler Breeze. I'm going to go Prince Pretty. I think that's the best shout. Um, I need to go and see that film. It's called Prince Pretty for a reason. It's because he's a pretty guy. You know? He is indeed a very, very pretty guy. And as Tyler Breeze, love interest Mia, uh, I am going to put Zelina Vega in that role. She could be Samojo's uh, younger sister. Uh, who have Tyrese? Who am I going to cast as Tyrese? Our truth. Our truth. Exactly. Of course. Exactly. Ludicrous. Um, Ludicrous is a tricky one. I'm going to put Ricochet in there as again. Okay. I think Ricochet could be the good straight man to our truth's uh, zaniness and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, Gal Gadot. Uh, I'm going to put Ronda Rousey in there because why the hell not? She was actually already in the Fast and Furious yeah. movies, so it kind of fits in. Um, and that's all the. In fact, no, we've still got Jason Statham in The Rock. So I'm going to recast The Rock uh, with Batista because Batista is an actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's furiously oh, typing on his phone. I'm fast and furiously typing um, on my phone, damn it. And just because like, it's stupid anyway, so let's have a bit of fun. I'm going to recast um, uh, Jason Statham with Mark Carano. Uh, of Total Divas fame uh, the guy who works with them behind the scenes he's the vice president of talent relations not sure follow man I follow him on Twitter he's a big fishing fan apparently so <laughs> yeah there you go he could be the Jason it's just him walking the way he talks in Total Divas to the rock it's just like yeah we've still got plans for you and I'm just going to beat this guy up and it's going to it just walks off like see you later I'll talk to you later on <laughs> so he's busy Mark I Carano. would pay to see that film you yeah. could see a lot of films lately <laughs> It's the only one out of these ones I said I'd pay to go and There's see. There's not an idea Stacey's shot down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to round up this week's show, but if you guys have got any other film suggestions... Hangover. Apparently The Hangover. If Ross can rebook that on his own Twitter, you can catch him. I can do it literally five minutes. I've got it written down. You have the floor. Uh, Punk will be Doug, the groom that goes missing. He will go away. No, no, because... If Doug bitched and moaned as much as CM Punk did, maybe it'd be you know, justified. He'd play <laughs> on the roof for two days. He'd get paid millions to be a world champion. Yeah. Adam Cole will play the Bradley Cooper role. Phil. That's perfect. Because Adam Cole should is, have been my pretty boy. He is a low-key, smarmy, but also charming character. He can switch it. And stunning. Stu, if Ed Helms needs a facial expressions and just play the background, that'll be Kyle O'Reilly. Dean Ambrose will play Alan because he's nuts. <laughs> And Mr. Chow will be recast as R-Truth. That is my hangover. I would like to recast Mike Tyson with Mark Carano of Tolton Davis fame. <laughs> I'd like to see he's like owning a tiger. I don't... See Mr. Chow? Can I... Can I maybe Fanatic? I don't want to be too... Racist. I, I know, I but... But I also thought R-Truth just the way he is. Now, R-Truth is basically just Mr. Chow. He shows up and does what he wants. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that, I've got each one of my panels to rebook an entire film. Now, if you guys have got any other films that you'd like us to rebook, don't be shy to tweet us in at Suplex Retweet, or you can tweet in David Campbell, because he'll more than likely be the one to do it. Oh yeah, treat me uh, at the Truff 55, uh, uh, the GUWPS, treat me at First Time Films, treat me at any Twitter account <laughs> that has my name in it, and I'll reply to you. 
Next week, I'm I'm taking a step away from the hosting chair, but I'm going to be part of the panel. Stephen's going to be back in the hosting chair, and we're going to be talking wrestling weddings. Ooh! But we've got a Why whole... is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, not to mention that we've got an ESSR panelist getting married that week as well. Yeah. Woo! Our very own Alan McLucas is getting married next week, so... The big dog. The big dog. Alan and Dave Hockney are finally giving in to their love, and we'll be getting married on Friday. <laughs> Here's to the greatest, greatest love I've ever known. But yes, some of the rest of our upcoming shows. Um, me and Stacey will be back for the third instalment of the All Women's Panel Show. Historic! <laughs> love it when Stacey does that. Happy for you guys, happy for <laughs> Scott will also be hosting a Double or Nothing preview as well, ahead of one of the biggest and most anticipated wrestling pay-per-views ever. we are also got a show looking back on the career of Owen Hart. And then David and Ross will be back probably towards the end of the month talking about Glow Season 2. Well, I know there's no problem about it. Well, no, this show is taking shape. It will and be. And Stacey will be there. I'm there too! I this didn't know you were on the panel. Stacey's on the panel as well. Say that. That is going to be historic. Historic. <laughs> It'll be the end of this show as you know it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's some of the things that we've got in store for you. So just make sure you hit that subscribe button on Anchor, Spotify, all good Android podcasts, sites, iTunes as well. Everything you can also get linked on our website as well. And make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. I'm going to thank you to my panel. So, David. Thank you, Sarah. Happy birthday. Thank you very much, Ross. Thank you. I've had a wonderful time. Stacey. Thank you very much, Sarah. And to Quacky. You're welcome. You're welcome as well. And what can I say except <laughs> <laughs> yeah so please let me know if you like the idea of the break because I've been trying so long to get a Disney film reference into this and I managed to get it so anyway we'll see you guys all later and that is us bye guys bye listen cunts I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing whatever you think is more important with your life you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now